Welcome to the Alex Kennedy Podcast, which is part of the Basketball News Podcast Network. This is episode number 15, and we post new episodes every week, so make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, if you have a second, please leave us a rating and review. It's the best way to show your support for this podcast, and it really helps us as we try to grow. Joining me today is a six-year NBA veteran who's having a breakout season with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's averaging career highs across the board, and he's been one of the best defensive players in the NBA so far this season. My guest is Larry Nance Jr. Larry, thanks for joining me. How are you? Doing good, man. Doing good, man. It's been a while. It has been a while. How are you? I'm great, man. It's good to catch up. Uh, You know, I want to start by talking about your Cleveland Browns, who beat the Steelers last weekend (laughs) and are about to face the Chiefs. The last time the Browns won a playoff game, you were you had just been born. You were an infant. Uh, I'm a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. So while I don't know your exact struggle, I can relate a little bit because we had the second longest playoff streak after you guys or playoff drought after you guys. You know, what what did that win mean to you? And what was the scene at the Nance household as they pulled off that win? It was everything. I mean, it was everything, man. It was. um, I mean, first half, first quarter, first half was like sheer disbelief, just like what like, <laughs> did, what did we just put up 20 in the first quarter I, like I, I don't know i don't know if it's got to be called back at some point but um then second half was just kind of like run the ball stop just keep the clock running just just don't don't let them back in it because if there's anything i've learned as a cleveland browns fan that it is uh one to not trust the pittsburgh steelers and two <laughs> no lead is ever safe I think it's so cool that you grew up in Ohio and were a huge Cleveland sports fan your whole life. You know, your dad obviously played on the Cavs and then you end up playing for your favorite team. What is it like making that transition from fan to player on your favorite team? And do you think that gives you a unique bond with Cleveland fans because you're one of them? Um, I think it does give me uh, give me a bond with them because, you know, growing up, you know, we're all you know growing up, you know, Twitter, right? Twitter was is one of the biggest things for me and, and like growing up a Cavs fan, you know, cheering for, you know, Eric Snow, Larry Hughes, uh, you know, Jeff McGinnis. And then and and those Cavs team, uh, those Cavs teams was like, you know, it was great because, you know, I, I followed all the Cavs Twitter on, you know, and, and was part of that whole, that whole banter group, um, you know, in, in high school and stuff. And then, you know, going to Wyoming, going to the Lakers and coming back, like I still follow those same people. So like, I still see all that. Like, I'm still a part of that. Like I read it. I may not, you know, participate as more <laughs> as much, but, um, yeah, I still see it. And, and, you know, it's, uh, um, you know, I, I was a, I was a calf a long time before I actually became a calf. Um, if that makes sense, you know, I, uh, I was basically born a Cavalier. So this is, this is, uh, you know, something that I got to pinch myself every single day. Um, I, I consider myself, you know, incredibly fortunate. And, and I, I wouldn't trade my current position to be anywhere else. I remember when you first got traded to Cleveland, I think we did a phone interview like that same day or the day after or something. And I remember how excited you were. What was it like when you first arrived in Cleveland and you're going through the facility and getting your Jersey and like, you know, that, that moment where you actually became a Cavalier, what was that like? Uh, it was crazy. Cause like I, you know, Normally, I, I, which I've only been traded once, thank goodness, but I'd imagine <laughs> you get traded and you don't know anything about where you're going. You need people to show you around. And like I got traded and it was just like, you know, people are trying, you know, oh, the, the food's over here and the locker room's bad. I'm like, yeah, I, like, I, I, I've been here. I, yeah. I worked, you know, when I was in high school, I, I used to drive up here and work out a little bit. So 
you know, I, I knew, um, you know, I, I felt, you know, right at home and, um, you know, the guys were incredible in welcoming me to the team, you know, Tristan, who of course I was a fan of for a long time, um, before coming here, um, just as a, just as a Cavs fan, obviously K love the guys that were, um, left over from that, uh, from the, from the championship teams, like they, they were awesome. And in, in just, you know, making sure I felt welcome and making sure I felt, you know, like they wanted me here. And, um, now it's my job to do that for the guys we have coming in, you know, year after year. Well, speaking of that, you know, yesterday there was a big trade in the NBA, the four team trade that sent James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, the Cavs are part of that trade, landing Jared Allen and Torian Prince as part of the deal, moving Dante Exum. Now that the deal is official, uh, what are your thoughts on the trade and what can Allen and Prince pr- bring to this team? Uh, yeah, first and foremost, you know, it's, um, you know, you, you hate to see one of your friends get traded. Um, you know, Dante Exum was awesome for us on both on and off the court. Um, you know, a guy we all loved in the locker room and, and a guy that was, you know, really helping, you know, a tribute to our, to our, you know, what was the number of the best defense in the league. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, first and foremost, yeah, you hate to see, you hate to see a guy like that go, but you know, in the same breath, uh, we're thrilled. I mean, beyond thrilled to, to, to welcome two outstanding basketball players, um, you know, to it, to our team. And when we desperately needed it, you know, we need bodies right now. Um, you know, and, and, and Jarrett, I've been a fan of his since he came into the league. You know, I, I think, uh, he's one of the best rim protectors in the league. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm really excited to work with him, especially in the defensive end. I think we, me and him can cause a lot of problems, um, you know, for, for, for other teams, just, just with our length and, and, you know, defensive prowess, um, you know, Tori and same thing, you know, I've, I've guarded, I've probably guarded him every single game we've played against each other. So, um, you know, he's a guy that on any given night can be the best, best player on the court. Um, and so, you know, it's, it, it's up to us to uh, us here to figure out how to get the best out of him and, and, and make sure that, you know, those guys, uh, those guys feel welcome and feel like, um, you know, this isn't just a, you know, a five month stop before, uh, before the trade deadline or before the end of the season, when, when Jared's contract expires, like it's, it, it's, it's not that, you know, we're, um, you know, I, I, I think I'm speaking for all of us when it's, you know, like, Hey, you know, you know, we, we want these guys here and we're excited to have them and, and, um, you know, we're going to have a full season together. So this is, uh, this is very, uh, very exciting. I'm, I'm thrilled. Uh, I know everybody's hopping around at practice today, pretty excited about it. So, um, you know, breathe some new life into us and, and, and bring us some bodies when we need them the most. You mentioned being ranked first in the NBA defensively. You guys were ranked 30th last year. Uh, you were allowing 113.6 points per 100 possessions. And then you climbed up to number one. I think you're ranked second now, allowing 102.3 per 100. Um, you guys nearly went from worst to first, and you were first. Uh, how did that transformation happen? Uh, a lot of buy-in. Uh, a lot of buy-in from guys. You know, it's it. You know, to start it off, JB has been outstanding to say the least, um, you know, in transforming guy, the way guys think about, um, you know, think about that in, um, you know, defense is something that, you know, you, you got to figure out how to get guys excited to do. And uh, I think he's done that, you know, just defensive schemes and whatnot. Plus, you know, Andre has been, you know, awesome on the defensive end this year. JaVale has really helped as well. Having rim protectors behind us. Um, you know, our guards have stepped up, you know, have, we drafted Isaac Coro, who is, you know, already one of my favorite, um, he, one of one of my favorite players on the team. You know, he's just so defensive minded. I love it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's a uh, it's a lot of that, but it's mainly buy-in. Guys got to focus on that. Guys got to be excited and proud that we have the best, second best defense in the league, and and I think that's something that um, is not a joke. I think that's very for real. Um, not just at the start of the season. So um, that's something we hang our hat on and we've got to be that every single night. Well, and your defense has been incredible too. Right now you rank first in the NBA in steals per game, first in steal percentage, first in deflections, second in defensive win shares, second in defensive box plus minus. I feel like you've always been really good when it comes to knowing the tendencies of your opponents and having quick hands, being versatile, things like that. But now it seems that you've taken your defense to another level. And I mean, you're anchoring this, second best, one of the top defenses in the league. What went into making that leap individually? Um, a lot of focus, um, a lot of focus. You know, JB, uh, I talked to JB a lot over the summer about, you know, being able to, you know, be versatile, you know, guard, guard, you know, some bigger twos, all threes, all fours and some smaller fives and, and um, you know, trying to honestly defensively trying to play that Draymond role. You know, that's something that, you know, since I came into the league, I've always been a good, you know, steals percentage guy and all that type of stuff. I love analytics, but, um, but, uh, you know, this year I'm, I'm getting to put it to practice and, and get it, you know, put it to good use. Um, obviously, you know, no one wants to see anybody go down. Uh, you know, we hope Kevin comes back tomorrow if possible, but, um, you know, with his extended absence, I've been able to take advantage of the opportunity and, and, um, you know, uh, get my name atop of some of those leaderboards. So, um, you know, I, I don't plan on that changing. Um, you know, I, I would love to lead the league in steals. I would love to be, you know, I would love to, and, and you know, I see no reason why I can't, why I can't continue that. And so, um, that is something that, that I personally am very proud of. So when JB comes to you and says, I want you to take on a Draymond green type role where you're doing a little bit of everything, what what do you do to kind of take on that challenge? You know, are you studying tons of film of Draymond? Um, I guess what was that adjustment like for you to make sure you could accept that challenge? What you know, what went into that? Uh, I've always watched Draymond. I'm a huge, um, I'm a massive Draymond Green fan. You know, I think he's uh, you know criminally underrated in terms of uh, his impact on the game and impact on those those uh, the championship Warriors teams. Um, you know, I think he's uh, you know the definition of a winner. And so, uh, yeah, I watched, you know, I watched film, you know, I, I studied, you know, studied how he, you know, how he, uh, you know, talked to those guys, at the defensive end, how he, um, you know, took charge of that, how he was an anchor guarding three or four different positions sometimes. And, um, you know, there's none of that, that I don't see, you know, in myself, um, you know, right now, if, if, uh, you know, if there, if there was no fan noise in the arena, you know, if, if the arenas didn't play the fan noise, I think you'd hear me get, talking on defense 99% of the time, you know, just <laughs> telling guys, you know, where the shooters are at, you know, where I'm at, you know, saying, I got low, man, I got your help. JaVale, make sure you're two nine. Don't stay in there too long. You know, just, um, just, you know, just barking things out, letting guys know what's going on, where, you know, where guys are at. And so, um, you know, the biggest thing was vocally for me, just trying to, you know, trying to do that more, you know, I've always, you know, been in position. I've always been a really good defender, but, you know, now taking that and and making sure other guys are really good defenders in, uh, positionally by letting them know where they're at and kind of commanding our defense has been the biggest step. And, and um, you know, thus far it's been good and, and hopefully it just keeps to get better. Yeah. I mean, if you keep this up, I wouldn't be surprised to see you on an all defensive team. Is that something that you're striving for? And what are, what are some individual goals that you've set for yourself? Yeah. I mean, that would be, that would be awesome. You know, I've, I've, 
like I said, I've never been, I'm not, uh, you know, a demonstrative guy in advocating for myself. That's never really been, um, I'm not that guy. First team, you know, that's not me, you know, it's, yeah. uh, um, but I'm, you know, I believe, I, I believe I'm a, I'm a first team caliber defender. I believe that, you know, I, I am, I'm going to continue this, this level of production up. I, I believe that, um, you know, if I do, and, and when I do, yeah, first team all defense is, is should be a no brainer. And, and, um, you know, uh, certainly if I'm, you know, if I keep it up, then defensive player is, is a no, is, is, uh, you know, not out of the question as well. So, um, those are, those are two things that I'm, I would love to do. I want to keep our defense in the top two, um, if not number one. And, and, um, you know, thankfully I think I'll have the minutes to do that right now. And, and, um, you know, it's uh, like I said, defense is something that I've always prided myself on. So right now, sitting um, sitting where we're at defensively is something that uh, I won't let go lightly. Over the first few weeks of the season, I saw a number of media members and pundits labeling you as arguably the most underrated player in the NBA. And it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about with Draymond. Like someone like Draymond makes so many winning plays. And that's why it always annoys me when people bring up his traditional stats and they're like, oh, he only had, you know, X or Y. I mean, it doesn't matter what he does on the floor is just the, the impact is crazy and it doesn't show up in a traditional, you know, box score. Uh, so with you, I think people kind of made the same argument. They're looking at you and saying, Hey, good things happen when Larry's on the floor, you make all the winning plays, you have the basketball IQ, you are dominant defensively. And typically, you know, defensive players don't get the same love that offensive players do. And then, you know, they also mentioned you're in a smaller market, so Maybe that's why you don't get the attention, but what does it mean? for you to be labeled as one of the most underrated players in the NBA. And did you see some of that conversation as it was kind of popping up? Um, no, it, it means a lot. You know, that's something that, you know, like I said, it, it, I, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not going to be the most demonstrative in terms of advocating for myself. That's never going to be um, who I am or what I'm about. Um, but, you know, you know, getting that, getting that kind of praise is, is, you know, it, it's very cool. You know whether whether you're on a minute or not. It's it's very cool to see your name, uh, in, you know, brought up like that and talked about like that. So, um, you know, I, I I appreciate it greatly. Um, you know, I I I happen to agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, I, I don't know whether it's a small market. I don't I don't really care about any of that because uh, I'm happy here. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's uh, you know, like I said, it's very cool. It's very cool, and I appreciate everybody that that you know happened to mention me in that. Um, you know, in that category. And hopefully I can just keep, uh, keep earning praise like that. You've really, you know, taken advantage of this big opportunity. Obviously the, the Cavs team has been dealing with a number of injuries um, and you've taken on an increased role. Whenever those injuries happen, obviously it's next man up. And as you mentioned, you know, you want everyone to come back healthy, but whenever you're being asked to take on that increased role and all of a sudden on both ends of the floor, you're being asked to handle more responsibilities, you know, what, what goes into accepting that challenge? And, you know, you're, you're filling big shoes, obviously. So what was that like kind of making that adjustment to taking on this bigger role? Uh, well, there's an adjustment, of course. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing that, um, yeah, I don't take lightly, you know, when JB asked me to, you know, uh, take on this extra responsibility, you know, it's, it's something that, um, you know, I, I, I appreciate him doing and, and I appreciate his confidence in me for, you know, for expecting a lot out of me, out of me, you know, cause I expect a lot of myself as well, but uh, there's an adjustment period, obviously, you know, it's, uh, um, yeah, like I said, I want Kevin back tomorrow if he can play, you know, healthy. Um, 
Yeah, I want I want all our our, our you know our injured bodies back. But like you said, this is an incredible opportunity, and it's um, you know there was a bit of an adjustment period. I think it was um, you know we played Orlando back to back, and it was just or yeah back to back, and it was just like man, I I can't figure this out right now. Like I don't know where my shots are coming from. I don't know when I should shouldn't you know start look to facilitate instead of all you know you know yada 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 and and um, you know. For, I think I've started to find a groove, you know, I've started to find a rhythm and, and, um, you know, know more of what, what is expected out of me on the offensive end. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing what's expected out of me defensively. And that, that, that was never a concern. So, um, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm never, I've never been a traditional stats guy, but at the same time, I think, uh, you know, now I find, now I've, now I've found a rhythm. Now I understand where I'm at and what I'm supposed to be doing and how to help the team best. So I think, uh, you know, those traditional stats are really start to start to show up and, and pop a little bit. Yeah, you're averaging career highs in points, assists, steals, deflections, threes, minutes. I mean, you, you've again, you've always been the kind of guy that makes a huge impact and uh, helps the team win. But, you know, you, you can really see it in some of those traditional stats now as well. Um, I'm curious over the offseason, what were some of your biggest focuses as far as, you know, what you were working on? Obviously, we talked about the film study and things like that. But what were some of your focuses in the offseason? Um, I mean, two major focuses, um, one three point shooting, you know, that's something that coming into the league, I, I wanted nothing to do with. Um, you know, it, it didn't really interest me. I didn't think I had to do it. And in, in, you know, when I came into the NBA, I didn't have to, um, yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy. You have to have a landscape change that much in, in you know, four years, but, um, you know, just a lot of three point shooting, you know, a lot of reps, a lot of, a lot of confidence work, a lot of, uh, you know, um, you know, feeling, you know, and getting the feel that, yeah, I can shoot the shot. Yeah. It's a great shot for our team. And, and yes, this is going in, um, you know, and, and I'm, you know, I'm very proud of uh, where I am at in terms of, in terms of my shooting development. Um, and so um, that was number one. And then number two, a lot of, le- I mean, a lot of leadership work. I mean, we've got uh, um, a lot of, uh, a lot of really intelligent people around, around the Cavaliers organization. Um, you know, JB, um, Kobe, obviously, you know, are some of our assistant coaches that, that I would talk to on a daily basis about, you know, Hey, like, you know, you know, in terms of, you know, leadership, like if I, you know, if I do this, you know, what if these guys don't respond to it in the way that I think, or, or, Hey, like if I keep these guys, you know, accountable, like I, you know, can you keep, you know, I need you to keep me accountable. And so, you know, just stuff like that and trying to uh, make sure that I'm doing the right thing so that um, when I am barking orders and barking, you know, barking, telling these guys exactly, you know, what to do, where to be and all that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm also, I'm walking the walk, not just talking the talk. And um you know, so I, I would say those are the two biggest areas I worked on. And it's crazy to say, yeah, you work on leadership, but you 100% can. And uh, I did a lot this offseason. And I, I, I you know, I, I could be wrong, but I, I think it's paying off quite, quite well. Absolutely. Yeah, it's hard whenever you're taking on that leadership role, or especially a more vocal leadership role for the first time, because you don't want to rub people the wrong way. And, you know, mm-hmm. especially someone like yourself, you, you kind of talked about it, you're not demonstrative, you're not look at me, you're always like team first unselfish guy. So if you flip on that switch, you got to make sure everyone's ready. So was that kind of, I mean, how did your teammates respond whenever you started being more vocal? And I'm sure they appreciate it because they know that you're trying to get the best out of them. But what was that adjustment like? No, they, uh, they've been great about it. And, you know, I, I talked to a few of them about it as well. You know, uh, 
you know, talk to, talk to Drummond, talk to K-Love about like, Hey, look guys, like, you know, yeah, we're, we're kind of, we're, we're the, we're the old guys around here now. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, and, uh, you know, so I like, Hey, I, I need you guys help. You know, if I'm, you know, I've got a, you know, tr- losing Tristan, Tristan was kind of our vocal leader. And so, um, losing him was tough, but, you know, I kind of talked to them was just like, Hey guys, like I, you know, we got to figure out somebody to fill that void. And, and, um, you know, those two are more lead by example guys. So for me, yeah, I have to step into that vocal role. And so like, Hey, like if I say something, I need you guys, I need your help. You know, I can't, you know, I can't be having you, you know, saying something behind my back or, or, you know, talking in the locker room and stuff like that. Like, Hey, we have to be on a united front. And if I'm saying things that you don't agree with, just come to me and I'll change it. Let me know so I can change it. But, um, whatever it is, us three really need to, uh, you know, be united in what we, in what, in the message we're putting out along with JB and JB knows that, um, if there's anything that he has to say to me or anything uh, I have to say to him, he's been, uh, incredible in leading, making sure that door is open and making sure that I feel comfortable in saying, um, and asking, uh, whatever of him. So, um, you know, it's, it's been, it's been good thus far. Teammates have been incredible about it. The coaching staff has been great. Um, they've been keeping me accountable and, and I love it. So, um, we're off to a, we're off to a solid start especially considering the circumstances and, and hope to continue that. Yeah. What's it been like? I mean, we, we were talking the other day about how you guys were playing five games in seven days. I know in recent years, the NBA has tried to move away from as many back-to-backs and kind of weird scheduling quirks, but in a year like this where it's condensed schedule, it's unavoidable. What's that been like trying to adjust to that in limited practice time and, and just everything that kind of comes with this season? Uh, it's, it's thus far, it's been tough. Um, it's been tough. We've, uh, you know, trying to figure out, you know, have, have, uh, personnel meetings via zoom and, um, you know, going over the scouting report, you know, virtually and stuff like that. So, um, it's definitely been, it's definitely been an adjustment period, you know, trying to figure out the right balance of practicing versus, you know, versus getting off our feet because the games are, 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 you know, the games are not slowing down anytime soon. Um, you know, while maintaining the health and safety protocols, while trying to win, while balancing, you know, new guys that are coming to the team, that while teaching a rookie the right thing. So um, there's a lot that goes into it, but it's, you know, it's something that every team's dealing with. And, and um, you know, uh, for the for the season to be going the way it, it has, I think we're doing a really good job of it thus far. Um, you know, I, I you know, I, I I'm optimistic that we're going to get a few bodies back here shortly. Um, and, uh, you know, it just gets easier after that. Now we have to talk about Sexland. Uh, what have you yes. seen from Colin and Darius as far as their development? And what do you think is the ceiling for that duo? Um, it's been great. Uh, it, they, they both have been great. You know, Colin, at the end of last year, you kind of like, at least for me, I was looking at him like, man, I don't. I don't know how you improve on this. Like yeah. this, this man's playing out of his mind right now, you know, averaging over 20 on like, I want to say over like 50, 40, 85 splits. Like he was on fire, just like playing out of his mind really well. And, you know, it was awesome to see that, but you know, he answered the question of how do you improve on that this year? And he is now he's averaging what 25 on, on 50, 50 and 90 splits. Like, <laughs> um, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's just got a knack for scoring. You know, there's not many people that can keep him out of the lane, keep him from the shots, the spots he wants to get to. And, um, you know, it's been really fun to see his development as a, as a player. And, um, 
you know, the sky's the limit for him, you know, averaging 25 in his third year efficiently, efficient 25 in his third year. So, um, you know, I, I'm so happy to see, uh, see his, his continued development. Cause you know, we all love him here, of course. Um, and then Darius, you know, Darius was last year was coming off, a was coming off a knee surgery. And so you know, I can, I can speak to that from personal experience. You're not after a surgery, you're not really back for maybe a year and a half, two years afterwards. It's yeah. just, you know, there are a lot of people that'll tell you the same thing just mentally. And, um, you know, when we had our little mini bubble here in, I want to say September in Cleveland, we had a little mini bubble, little mini camp. He was, uh, he shocked us all came out fire and looked like the best player on the court. And it was, uh, it was a whole new Darius Garland. He's carried that into the season, you know, just his level of confidence. Um, his body looks better. Um, you know, he's just trusting himself more and, and, you know, he's a heck of a ball player. So to see him, uh, be able to make that jump, you know, so quickly in his second season has been you know, impressive to see. And to be honest with you, when I think of, when I think of, uh, you know, those two ceiling, uh, the first thing I, I mean, the first thing I think of right or wrong is, is uh, a backcourt like CJ and Dame, yep. you know, that, that would be, you know, that would be unbelievable. You know, those guys I think of as, as uh, both a little, you know, uh, on the smaller end of the guard spectrum, um, but are just absolute dogs. You do not want to see CJ and Dame on, on any given, it doesn't matter what night though. They are, um, they are, if they, I mean, it's hard to say right now that they're not the best backcourt in the league. They're unbelievable uh, night in and night out. And so um, if uh, you know, if, if, if we can, if we can coach our, you know, you know, coach sex land up to, to be uh you know, to be, you know, even hold a candle to that, I would be, you know, that would be incredible. Absolutely. Then just last thing for you, we talked about your leadership within the Cavs and that organization, but you've also, you know, been doing an amazing job in the community, stepping up, you know, we know COVID's impacting a ton of small businesses. So you've tried to help raise awareness for different Cleveland companies and show your support by shouting out on social media, wearing their apparel, auctioning off your game worn jerseys so that you can donate the proceeds to small businesses. How did the idea come together and how's it been going? Um, it came together pregame in a preseason game. Um, just kind of talking in the locker room with one of our, uh, you know, with one of our backroom staff, one of our athletic trainers. And, um, you know, we were talking about the, my cause, my cleats thing that the NFL does, which we both thought was really cool and, and why the NBA doesn't do anything like that. And, and, um, you know, then we just got to thinking about like, well, you know, they, you know, they can give away their shoes because they only play 16 games. You know, we really can't give away, you know, 80 games. It's hard to give away 80 pairs of shoes and all that stuff. And, um, and so we started thinking about, you know, what you could give away, um, you know, who to benefit and all, all this type of stuff. And, and, um, you know, the idea was kind of born there that like, Hey, you know, it'd be pretty cool. Like, you know, there are a lot of people, local small businesses that are hurting right now and that have been through a lot this year. And so, um, you know, that's how the idea was hatched and it's been going, um, better than I could have ever hoped. You know, when I, you know, when I wrote that, you know, when I wrote the, the Hey Cleveland message and just kind of, you know, put it out there, I didn't think it would, um, I didn't really think it would be this. Um, I mean, we've gotten over, probably over four, four or 500 packages from, from, um, 
you know, just the Cleveland area and, and trying to go through all these and, and, and figure out, you know, who's been most affected and, and, you know, who's, you know, uh, layoffs versus, you know, uh, sustainability and all this type of stuff, trying to figure it out. I, you know, they're early on in the, in, before the season started, I was at the gym until like six or seven o'clock going through packages and all that. So wow. um, the way the community has responded to it has been, uh, I couldn't ask for much more. You know, I think each jersey right now is like a, selling for an average of fifteen hundred, um, which is, you know, just just amazing that, yeah. that um, you know, that that people are are coming out in support like that, and and um, you know, it's uh, I think like game we've done 12, 12 different businesses, and um, you know, we're trying to hit every um, hit every part of Cleveland, hit every socioeconomic class. We're trying to hit every. Uh, um, every possible, um, you know, every possible group that we can. And so, um, it's been going great. Um, hopefully it keeps on going well, but, um, I know I'm gonna have to come up with some, <laughs> come up with some surprises at the end, uh, you know, when we get, you know, when we get deeper in the season. Cause I don't know if, I don't know if, you know, there, there's a lot of support, but I don't know if they, if people want 72 Nance junior jerseys, I got to figure out, <laughs> see if I can sneak, see if I can sneak a K love in there or Drummond or, you know, something like that. But, um, you know, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, I'm very proud of thus far and, and, um, you know, this is my community. So this is, um, you know, I, I'm very proud of uh, where we're at and where I'm, where I'm from. Yeah, that's very cool. I love that you're doing that. So props to you. You also have your athletes first Crohn's and colitis foundation, which I love you and I first met people that, don't, you know, for people that don't know you and I first mm-hmm. met back when you were in college because we both have Crohn's disease and had a similar experience with it as kids. So I love that you've been able to use your platform to support other children who've had to deal with Crohn's and colitis. Uh, what's the latest on that? And, and again, I think that's just such a cool thing. How did that come together too? Well, thank you. You know, that, that actually came together. Um, so after, you know, you and I had talked about, you know, uh, back in Wyoming, when we had talked about Crohn's, uh, put that story out there, I went to LA and um, got a DM from a kid in New York that was just like, Hey, you know, kind of had a similar experience as me and, and, you know, just want to, you know, let me know, thank you for putting your story out there. And, uh, I just thought it was really cool. Um, and so I was like, you know, I messaged him back and said, Hey, you know, we play the Knicks, you know, coming up here soon or the Nets coming up here soon. Would love to, uh, you know, get you and your dad tickets and, and be able to meet up after the game and, you know, shake your hand and see if you're doing all right. And um, so met up with him after the game, you know, told him, you know, thank you for coming. It's great to meet you. You know, what's been going on, all this type of stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, told him that like, yeah, you know, I would love to get more involved. You know, I, I, this is only my second year in the league, but you know, I definitely want to do more. And so um, I think we played the Knicks or the other New York team, whatever it was yeah. in, in like a week. So we came back to New York and um, I met up with him again, again, just to, you know, they had asked to meet up again. And so it's great. Yeah, no problem. I got nothing going on. And uh, so we went to lunch and, um, you know, they kind of brought this idea of like, Hey, you know, what if, how cool would it be if, if, uh, you know, we want to do more as well, you know, his parents are both, are both doctors and, um, you know, what if we came together and started a foundation to benefit kids with Crohn's and, um, you know, how genuine of a story, you know, it's, that's, uh, as real as it gets. And so I loved it, yeah. um, loved it right away. And so we've been rolling with it for, um, gosh, what is this four years now? And, um, you know, we're, we do a whole, we do a lot of, uh, experiences, you know, getting, um, you know, getting these kids to games, to meet me, to talk, to, uh, 
um, you know, in New York, in Cleveland, in in uh, L.A., in Chicago. Um, gosh, there's there's been more cities as well, but those are the ones I can think of off the top of my head. You know, we we host just about every time we play there, we host um, you know, ten to twelve uh, different kids with Crohn's at a time in a suite, and you know, you know, show them that hey, look, it's like you're you know, you're normal. Like there are yeah. other kids just like you and, and there are other people going through the same things. And then after the game, I go and talk to them all about, you know, there's, you know, whether it's a professional athlete, whether it's a teacher, whether it's a, um, you know, whether it's whatever it is, you know, there's nothing that Crohn's can't keep you from. And so, um, you know, through, through the power of sports, through the power of, um, you know, a- athletics and, uh, we've done it. We, we've we've been very fortunate to be able to show these kids that um, you know their disease certainly won't hold them back, and and it's something that um, you know me and my family are very proud of, and that's that's gonna that that'll stay running as long as I'm in the league. Hopefully, hopefully beyond. That's incredible. Yeah, we talked about it whenever we did that article. You know, as kids, when we were diagnosed with Crohn's, one of the first things we did was try to look up like, okay, well, what professional athlete mm-hmm. has this? Because that's just what you think of as a kid. That's your hero. And both of us looked up to David Garrard, the quarterback from the Jaguars. So it's awesome that now you're kind of that that player for a lot of these kids. They're inspired by your story. So it's been cool to see. I just love that you're you made the foundation and you're doing, you know, so many things to help different people. It's been been really cool. But I want to thank you for well, taking time to, to chat with me too. I appreciate you taking time to do this and good luck throughout the rest of your season. Yeah, anytime, man. I always got time for you. I appreciate it. I really appreciate that. Everyone, make sure you're following Larry on Twitter at LarryDN22 and on Instagram at LarryDN7 to keep up with this foundation and everything he's doing in the community. Also, if you want to hear more episodes of the Alex Kennedy podcast, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, we have a ton of great content up on basketballnews.com right now, including exclusive player interviews and a few new podcasts that were just recently added to our network. So be sure to check those out. And until next time, thanks for listening. Today's episode is sponsored by greensupply.com. With everything going on in the world, it's more important than ever to stay safe. At greensupply.com, you can purchase masks, hand sanitizer, and other important health and wellness products, which are all in stock with same-day shipping. Best of all, listeners get 10% off their order when you use the promo code ALEX at checkout. That's A-L-E-X for 10% off your order. They have KN95 masks, cloth masks, hand sanitizer, and other supplies like forehead thermometers and UV boxes. Visit greensupply.com today. That's greensupply.com.